everyone. This is Coach Dylan Bellis. This is Coach Rory Moynihan. And you're listening to Uptempo Talks. Today, we've actually got a pretty fun uh, news segment that we're going to talk about today. So we're basically going to walk through the last few weeks of some major events that have happened within the sport. Maybe not so much major, being that there has been... Um, quite a hiatus on a lot of races mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on within the sport, but we're going to provide everybody with just an update on what's going on uh, across the globe and what are some really awesome and cool and interesting. Some of them might even be a little bit devastating events that have been going on of late. Yeah, let's try this out and we'll we'll see if we get good feedback. Some of these news stories are even hot off the press, like July 4th weekend. So I can start off with our first news story. Yeah, let's go ahead. You know, there was one really great meet that took place over the weekend. It was a track meet put on by the Bowerman Track Club. Mm-hmm. And it was really last minute and they actually did not do a live stream which I found just so surprising because the field was absolutely stacked. Yeah, so I think they ran into some issues okay. with the live stream because you can go on YouTube now and you can watch it. So oh, you can. They okay. actually put That's their, good to know. They actually put all their GoPros up. That's what the live stream is. It's everybody. A lot of the members of that team had a bunch of GoPros and they put them on hurdles and uh, all across the stands mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think there were some issues with the facility and them streaming it live. Again, I could be completely wrong, but we were all prepared to watch the race over the weekend and it just didn't happen so we got the we got the results Mm -hmm. and you know fortunately you can go on youtube now and watch okay we can maybe put a link in the description below to check that out yeah definitely so anyway let's talk about the performances because that was the really cool part there were some standout performances um in the 5k it's pretty stacked we had a winning time of 13 11 by sean mcgordy followed up by grant fisher evan yeager who are all within a second of each other. Super close finish. Yeah, and those two guys, the the two guys who actually were first and second there, they were teammates at Stanford Mm -hmm. uh, just about a year ago. So um, both of them were very decorated collegiate athletes, and now they're a part of the Bowerman Track Club and obviously rolling pretty pretty well now. And obviously it's looking like, as I'm seeing the results, that they're all Bowerman Track athletes. Oh, yeah. And in this case, they weren't competing against another team. In another location, like some people have been doing, some right. teams. Yeah, so this was like an inter-squad uh, track race. And so I think for this weekend, it was they had guys running the 5K and the 1500, and then they're going to follow up another weekend, and they're kind of reverse roles. So the guys who paced the 5K raced the 1500, and it'll be the reverse roles next time around. So the guys who raced the 5K will be pacing those guys for the 5K nice. next time, and they'll be racing the 1500 in its place. So, yeah, tell us about the women's and race results. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good way to keep those athletes sharp. Uh, we got to note the female winner, Elise Cranny, mm-hmm. with a time of 14.48. Yep. It looks like second place. Courtney Frerichs uh, was also under 15, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple seconds behind her teammate for Bowerman Track Club. Yeah, so on, on the women's side of things, obviously 14.48 is one of the... I think it's a top 10 performance on the women's side um, of all time. Of all time. Yeah. I was going to say. For U.S. For U.S. For U.S., yeah. Yeah, so that is a pretty considerable performance given that this girl was hurt for a long time, it seemed. We didn't really see her race too much with Bowerman. I think she mm-hmm. even had some issues when she was in college. It seems like she's been able to kind of bounce back out of that. And obviously, that Bowerman system has really set her up for a really strong performance. I mean, 1448 is no joke. Obviously, she's Training well and, and in really great fitness at the moment. Agreed. 
Uh, there's also some big names in the 1500. Yep, for the on the women's side. So Shelby Hillhan won. As as many know, she's uh, won several U.S. championships now. Um, has represented the United States in uh, several events. Obviously, a very very fast runner. Her sister is actually one of the lead coaches of the Under Armour team here in Flagstaff. Here in so um, they have a pretty good history here. I believe her parents were also incredibly good runners, so it runs in the family, as they say. Um, she ran well. She ran 4.02, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and that was followed up by her teammate, Krista Schweizer, who ran for Mizzou just a few years back. So both of those girls are incredibly good. Again, they're top tier when it comes to U.S. distance running it right now, especially for the 15 and 5K. Um, Shelby Houlihan has really dominated in the last few years. And she ran 402 for the 1500. For for those of us who are listening, it's like a 418 mile or so. It's really quick. Um, And that's not even her PR. I mean, she's run, I believe, somewhere in the ballpark, a 355. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought she was sub four. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely run sub four. Um, She actually even came out and said that her goal was to run sub 350 and sub 14 <laughs> minutes in the 5k um at some point so big goals yeah that'd be um, faster than our if, college prs gosh yeah and you've ever seen her run i mean she's fierce she's she has one of the best game faces i've ever seen when it comes to racing so definitely a gamer her and Krista, her teammates so both those girls are really on the up yeah and then the guy's side yeah so on the guy's side big so, names there. yeah so josh thompson won that race he he went to one of the oklahoma schools when he was in college he's been kind of building back into their program i actually didn't think he was going to be a Bowerman guy, but he's really transitioned really well in both the 15 and 5K. Uh, so he came through with 339. It looks like his teammate Lopez Lamong, you know, several time US champion, NAU alum, um, incredible runner. He's been around the game for a very long time, also ran 339 that day. And so that's really good, especially for those guys. I mean, Lopez won the 10K last year. So, you know, to be able to come down from the 10K and still run a respectable time like that, 339 with just one other teammate on the track, that is, um, that is a very good performance. And I'm sure that he's happy with that so i think those guys are going to flip over this in the next coming weeks and they're going to run the 5k Mm -hmm. and the opposite the 5k guys are in the 1500 so it'd be really interesting to see what those two guys end up running for 5k because um from their 1500 meter times it seems like it was good but i wonder if their strength is more toward the distance at the moment final thing i'll note about this inner intra-squad meet was I mean, they, they seem really aligned in terms of fitness. All the the races were really close, almost tied to the decimal point here. Yeah. When we did uh, team meets in college, sometimes it'd just be like you'd spread out immediately. Yeah. Your top runner would be up there. You just get kind of strung out. So it's really nice that they could push each other like this yeah. and record good performances. Yeah. So Bowerman gets the best of the best and their system has been one that has always been like they throw you into the mix and if you survive you survive and again it's not it's not that's not like throwing you into the gauntlet sort of thing but it's like you get the best runners you put them through this program and a lot of race specific stuff a lot of threshold running from what i've been told and it's just group training it's like the the kenyan style it's Mm -hmm. just like you show up to the track you do the workout that everybody does and so you got a lot of men and women who are around the same time because they all believe that they can run with each other. And so I think that when you create that mindset within a group and that culture, you get a lot of people who are really strong mentally and can finish. Um, you know, that place can change, obviously, over time, but they're always prepared to run a fast time. And I mean, like you saw on the women's side, we were very surprised of which woman won that race. Um, so clearly the system has been working well for her. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch this and uh you may know the answer to this, but is the Bowerman Track Club, did they 
absorb Nike Oregon project? No, we don't know so uh, as of yet. No, because Bowerman's Nike still. No, so Bowerman is completely Bowerman. Um, Nop is still, oh. you know, they're in their bubble at the moment. I think they're just under the coach Pete Julian at the moment. So there has been no deciding factor on what is to happen. But I have caught recent news and wind that um, a lot of people who were associated with the Salazar group is going to be released and kind of relieved of that group. And I believe there will be another group forming outside of NLP. But I do believe there's going to be a cut of ties in the association with the Salazar athletes versus the Pete Julian athletes. So that'll be really interesting. So... They actually had a race themselves. Not a ton of performances on their ends. I saw a few 800 guys um, who raced over the weekend. And again, nothing really to really... To clarify, this was... The previous NOP guys. Oh, yeah. They so had their own meet, too. They yeah. had their own race. I did see an 800-meter fi- uh, time. Uh, I believe Craig Engels ran around at 148, which is pretty good for a, a time trial. 800 mm-hmm. meters, one of those races where it's not easy to time trial. No. But yeah, I mean, let's, let's kind of go through some other races that happened over the weekend or over the last week, and we can briefly kind of go over some of those. So we personally got to witness one here in Flagstaff. So this was last week, I believe. It was um, Northern Arizona Elite versus Team Boulder. It was a virtual race. You could watch it live on Instagram. And you were there. Tell me about it. Yeah, so this was at the iconic Buffalo Park. If you come to town, it's it's a pretty frequented spot by runners, hikers, walkers. But anyway, yeah, NAZ Elite, NAZ Elite had some of those runners going. They're facing off in a two-mile time trial against some runners out in Colorado. Yes, 7,000 feet. 7,000 feet. So pretty comparable. And, and Boulder was 5,000. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the advantage you would think would be towards Boulder. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't get the, the team results, but I'm pretty sure Naz Elite took it. Yep. Um, Rory Linkletter, another Rory in town, who's a super fast one, uh, he took it. He ran a low nine minute. 919. Mile, 919. Yeah, which is uh, an incredible feat. And there is a Strava segment on that two mile loop. And I do not imagine it will be going anywhere soon. Yeah. Um, I believe NAZ, the guys put. I think all their guys in before the Boulder guys could be wrong. Check me on that if you want. Same thing on the women's side. Steph Bruce ran, I believe it was a 1019, mm-hmm. so right under 1020. Incredibly fast time for a two mile on that on that loop. So some good fitness from, you know, from some guys and girls who are not currently racing um, at the moment. Everybody's been able to find some creativity and and, and race each other virtually. So it's really cool. I think the, the coach over there, Lee Troop uh, with Team Boulder has been doing uh, a really awesome job mm-hmm. um, at stacking up his athletes against other people and getting them excited and motivated. So he actually coaches Jake Riley, which we can transition there. So Jake there Riley, five K race, big news. Well, that as okay, well. We so, have a couple things. So. so big news on Jake Riley. He just signed a contract. So for those of us who don't know, Jake Riley was the second place finisher at this year's Olympic trials. Um, he is going to the Olympics whenever it happens. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we get an Olympics this cycle. Um, he was kind of the surprise to make the team. Dark horse um, finisher for but sure. To be fair. Jake Riley was a decorated collegiate athlete. He ran for Hanson's. He's been a professional athlete for over eight years. He was a dark horse because he did have some issues. I think he went through a divorce. I believe he had an Achilles surgery. You know, I think he moved, obviously, from Hanson's. So, incredible comeback story, no matter what. And to make the team out there in Atlanta on that day was incredible. So, he just signed with a Swiss company. 
on running mm-hmm. or on endurance, whatever you call it. Um, so really interesting shoes, completely different. I've not personally worn them, but I've seen them. I've got my hands on a few and yeah. they are funky looking. Um, but from what I've heard that I've got great response from the shoes and they tend to be, you know, again, they, they, they market themselves as being absorbable and feeling good. So again, for those of us who run on shoes, I'm sure you can speak on it more than I have, but he did sign a four year contract with on endurance, which is a big deal considering that right now through all this time, there is not a lot of people getting contracts. So good for him and for four years, because it it makes sense that companies might offer maybe a year or two out because they know you'll appear in their gear in the Olympics and then that's it. They don't necessarily want to pay you after that, but to get four years, they're investing in them. No, that's good too. So the cool thing about on is that they are a relatively new brand. They were formed in 2010. um, And I think they've really just been hitting the U S scene a little bit more. Again, they're Swiss brand. I'm sure they're much greater, you know, the bigger of a, a brand in Switzerland. I know Roger Federer has shoes with them. Okay. So that's pretty cool. I think that's probably why I've heard of it. So they actually have two, they have a couple teams here in, in, in the States now. So Zap previously Zap Fitness is now, is now an on endurance team, which is in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. And they also support the Mammoth Track Club as well. So two groups here in town, but I believe he might be the first runner from the United States Mm -hmm. to get a contract from on. So big deal regardless. Um, Very cool for him to, you know, to to get a contract in this sport that's not um, not very easy to come by. Yeah, definitely big news. And related to him, I think I I may have cut you off, but he was racing. Mm Jared Ward this weekend. Yes, he did. In a 5K. So they had a a kind of 4th of July virtual showdown. They Mm -hmm. were both in different locations, both at altitude. And uh, I think Jared Ward had the edge, even though Riley got him at the trials. Jared Ward ran a low 14, I want to say 1409. 09. Yep. I don't know what happened with Riley. It looked a little slow for him. It was like 1440. I think it's 59. 1459. That's right. It was just under. Yeah. So here's here's my take on that. Jared Ward made the Olympic team in 2016, right? And for the marathon, he was a major contender going into this year's marathon. And unfortunately, it just wasn't his day. Um, incredible runner with his own right at his own right. And so Jake Riley, from what I've read, after the trials, took a break. Went some camping and some hiking, you know, relaxed a little bit. I actually think he took some time off due to his knee. Okay. And from what I've read, he's actually been kind of just getting back into training now. And from what Lee Troop, his coach, has said is that he's been doing a lot of 200s, a lot of 300s, a lot of 400s. So, again, getting that speed back, getting trying to get the legs back turning over after a layoff, after the marathon buildup, and just preparing so long for that cycle, I think he's just trying to get things turning over again. Gotcha. And so he's probably not in the same position that Jared is at the moment where it's like, Hey, he came off the trials. Who knows if he was hurt? Who knows how much time he took off, but you definitely want to kind of get back up and going after you have a performance that is not as, you know, didn't really uh, perform up to your expectation. And so I, I'd imagine he kind of got back in training and he's probably, probably back well underway when Jake Riley was probably more yeah. like, Hey, I made the team. All this coronavirus stuff is going on. I might as well like take the time now because I need to be ready when that day happens. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure what he had been doing since the trial. So yeah, makes sense. I know it looked a little slow for him. Oh yeah. Considering we just mentioned one of those female runners who yeah. run a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the thing too. I mean, it is it is completely natural to to lose a bit of uh, lose lose some speed, lose some fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, after a big race, um, it is just as important to take that downtime and to allow yourself to recover from injuries, to allow yourself to mentally restore itself, so that you know when that time comes and you start building back on training again, you can you can work back up to it, but then help maybe surpass what you previously were doing and then continue that momentum. So the cycle of pushing yourself incredibly hard and incredibly focused as as well as recovering and allowing yourself to, again, it's almost like a yin and yang effect. So both, yeah, no. both important for running. You I know. think we can all relate regardless what your marathon time is. Yep. And that. he's not the only one that took, you know, I think a month off of training. I think Abdi, mm-hmm. um, Abdi, the guy who finished third in the Olympic trials also took a month, um, spoke with him recently and he was saying how oh, yeah, you got to chat with him. Basically how, why are people doing workouts right now? Mm-hmm. You know, people who are training professionally. He's like, oh, I'm taking it easy. I'll just, yeah, he's, I run. He's, he's like, I run when I run. You know, that's a guy who has been through the whole, you know, for, of the professional level for so many years. He's in his mid forties now, you know, it's like he's given himself the time because that's important because that's going to extend his career. Yeah. He looks so relaxed. He has so much experience. I was at a, a popular spot where we do long runs in town and he was just out there chatting casually with runners, and I don't think he'd done anything that crazy that yep. day. Yep. Yeah, you were telling me that. Mm-hmm. Cool, we have the opportunity to see these people in the flesh. Absolutely. Right here in town. Absolutely. All right, so we're gonna, we'll stay on the marathon train here. So there was a new shoe release, which is really odd. Given the time, you know, shoe companies are not selling as much shoes. We've seen what's happened with Nike recently. Again, they released the Alpha Fly, but, you know, they're not selling as much. People aren't buying those shoes as as they were, right? I mean, that was such a hot item and and their marketing strategy was absolutely incredible. I will say, I had a friend send me a link though for the Alpha Flies just this weekend. And it was early in the morning. I heard their full supply sold out within like 12 minutes or something. Yeah. So Nike's marketing scheme has been incredibly clever. They have made their shoes such an item, a desirable item that they make it so hard for people and they're making it hard for people to get it. So it's like you just have this itch, this craving like, oh, I got to get the shoe when I can get it. It's like so you're just on edge all the time and then they only release a certain amount at a certain time. And it just it's genius. It's absolutely genius. But you say, Gene, I think it's cruel. I mean, you can look at them doing that with the Air Jordans and it can have consequences to the point where people fight That's over true. shoes. So, but there's not had, there's never been a shoe like that in running. Yeah. Right. In which the is, running world, it is, a which is a game changer, which their shoe has been. I don't remember this kind of hype about running shoes. So. Yes. Anyways. So there is a new shoe that has entered the market. Everybody has been wondering where has Adidas been through all of this? I have no clue. Because I was just, I, I, so I ran my first two marathons in the Adidas Boston. Mm-hmm. Love the Adidas Popular Boston. Shoe. I could train in it. I could do my easy long runs in if I wanted to. I could do workouts in it. It was perfect. Loved it. And then they had the Adios, which is their marathon shoe. And I thought it was too less of a shoe. And anyway, so the, the Vaporfly came out and everybody came with a response, right? Brooks had one. Saucony had one. Hoka had one. Everybody had a response. Right. New Balance. But Adidas was quiet. And so while these major marathons happened, all these records were continuing to be broke, Adidas never entered. And Adidas, as I'm sure you know, has sponsored so many athletes, so many incredible athletes. I mean, like the world record was in Adidas shoes before it was Nike. If you ever look at the major marathons, you had more Adidas guys up front than Nike guys. And now it's like everybody's running for Nike and everybody's dropping Adidas. But finally... 
They have done. They have. They, they have, have their answer. They have put the work in, and they have provided a solution to our problem, and maybe even welcomed me back to the Adidas party. Should we put it up on the screen here? Yeah, let's put it up on the screen. So <laughs> there it is. Yep. So the shoe that you're looking at right there is called the Adidas Audios Pro. Some cool things about this shoe is that they have these things called energy rods. And it's basically a carbon fiber plate, but it's supposed to take the shape of your shoe naturally or your foot naturally. So kind of like the, the shape of your metal tarsals. Okay. And so this in itself is supposed to allow your foot to splay more naturally and to provide the correct propulsion that's based on your anatomical features of your foot, which is kind of crazy to think about. Hmm. Who knows what that feels like? Because I don't have a, yeah. I don't have my hands on a pair of them. And they actually have a separate carbon fiber plate in the heel cup. So Two different plates, both made of energy rods that are supposed to help propel you forward, give you the return that you want. And they've also introduced a new lightweight um, cushioning in that midsole as well. And they're actually calling this Light Strike Pro. Light Strike Pro, it's um, supposed to be their lightest, most responsive foam that they have. It's better than their Boost, which I'm sure that they've pushed and pushed and pushed. And that used to be the top of the line. So not anymore. They've replaced that. They've done more research. They've integrated it into a shoe. And hopefully they took the time to provide a really good shoe because as we both know, there's not been a lot of really good answers to the Vaporfly. Sure, all these companies did a good job in coming out and putting something out there, but nothing answered but the Vaporfly. Don't. Well, maybe uh, Adidas wants to send us a pair <laughs> and we can do a review for you. Yeah, that would be awesome. We'll Adidas. let you know how, what we think of them, right? <laughs> exactly. So here's how you can get your hands on a pair. I'm not sure if it's still available now, but if you go on their website, um, it opened up on June 30th. They're taking the Nike approach. You put your email address in and you allow yourself to enter a raffle. Oh. And so then they send out the, they'll raffle out to people who are going to buy the shoes or potentially will buy the shoes. And then you may be one of the certain ones, the specific people who get the opportunity to pay the money to have the shoes. I'm expecting it's probably going to be 250 or $300. But again, taking that approach of making the athlete desire and really want the shoe, which is Kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. I can see the logic behind it. Yeah. If you're trying to make a quick buck. So. All right. Transitioning. Another marathon. We got some devastating news. Not breaking news at the moment, but a little bit of devastating news in, in the sport of running. The previous world record holder for the marathon, Wilson Kipsang, a 203 low marathon runner, has been busted uh, for performance-enhancing drugs, and he is currently serving a four-year ban and which will likely be the end of his career as a marathon runner which is really sad because you hope that your sport is based on you know ethical prudence yeah and it's 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 really sad to see the guys at the top fall and fall really hard like that um he even got busted with trying to provide like a fake photo of where he was or something it's like oh line. i couldn't make it i was in a car accident to get to the testing site yeah and it was actually from three months previous yeah just even that action it, it really takes away from any integrity that you know you yeah. thought he once had and it doesn't matter if you're from a rival team it, it just hurts the sport to know they it didn't does. do it honestly and you have to think that a lot of people lost a lot of money 
too. So how many marathons did he win? How many did he place in? How much Mm -hmm. money did other people lose out that they could have used? So I met a guy at California National Marathon last year, and he was Pat Rizzo. Really interesting story. That guy used to run for Hanson's. If you don't know who Pat Rizzo is and heard his story about you know, the things he's overcome as a runner. Um, I recommend people go and, and, and look him up. But anyways, he finished 11th at the London Marathon. I believe it was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, with Wilson kept saying, he was technically 10th. And that that's is right. that enters the money, you know, for a big U.S. runner. I mean, that's uh, one place can make a big difference at an international race like that. It can be the difference of sometimes 25, 50 grand, you know, probably not for 10th place, but you understand what I'm saying. Just disappointing to hear the news. Obviously not, not the only athlete, but anyways, so that's, that's kind of our disappointing news of the day. Um, kind of breaking news in the sport of running. It sucks to see. Uh, now I'll leave it to you to bring it home. I know that you have something uplifting to leave us with. Yeah. Might as well end on a happier note, especially if you like to track the, the elder runners to see what they're doing. There was a new world record in the 48 hour race. So I'm focusing on the ultra scene now because yeah, trail running's become such a, a big sport now, you know, we have our guy, his name is Doyle Carpenter. He's an 80 year old and he covered 144.5 miles. And I think they even give the change to make sure that it was a world record Mm -hmm. in 48 hours. He got third place overall at the Merrill's mile race in Dahlonega, Georgia. And it's not called the mile race because it's a mile. It's a one mile loop course. So it's one of those crazy loops you just do over and over. They had six hour races all the way up to 48th. 48 hours, sorry. And amazingly, he was still third overall. There was like a 30-something-year-old male in first. Uh, He had 150 miles and change. Second place was a 61-year-old female, though. Yeah, and then third was this 80-year-old male. So that's that's what always amazes me about their running. Ultra scene is so unique because you can have women do really well. They'll often podium. And there's a lot more longevity in the sport. Yeah, we actually had an incredible athlete of ours at Runners Connect run one of those backyard ultras. And we did. I believe, so his name is Nicholas. Nicholas. And if I believe, if I'm correct, he covered 275 kilometers over the course of this race. He was the first place finisher. It was like a the last person to drop type of race. And last so, man standing. Last man standing. So 275, that is 170 miles covered. And I think that was also 48 hours too, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So again, he's a bit younger. Yes. Yes. But still incredible feats, um, of what people are capable of doing and putting their minds to it's absolutely insane. Better them than me, but, (laughs) um, still a very interesting and unique thing for the sport. Yeah. I don't have too much desire to do those crazy long ultras. Like I'm still playing around 50 K, maybe a 50 miler, but I would love to just still be running in any capacity at 80 years old. So he gives us hope and inspiration. Absolutely. A lot of us have, you know, have that to look forward to and to, to see that and see like, Hey, I can continue doing this for a very long time. All right. So shout out Doyle Carpenter and our athlete, Nicholas. We hope you enjoyed our new segment. Is yep. there anything else? I don't have anything to, to currently add at the moment, but if you guys have anything that came up during the week, please link us to any articles or, or send us that way. I'd love to hear about anything that's going in the sport that could be of interest to us and maybe that we can continue to share on our segment or to share within our running community. Always looking for 
um, opportunities to share inspiring stories and current news events within the sport of running and maybe just a little bit outside of you know some of the, the the worldly drama that is going on at the moment it's always nice and relieving to have something that is seems a little bit more natural a little bit more at home to us like running is and and check the again the description for the original links we want to give credit to those sources which we're getting yes. a lot of our information so that way you know it's the real deal all right, all right. guys well this is coach dylan bellis this is coach rory moynihan and you've been listening to uptempo talks